Guys, on this episode of It Was a Thing on TV, we're going to be talking about a serious subject. We're going to be talking about the prison system in America. And we'll be talking about the women who are in this prison system. And let me tell you, hilarity is going to ensue. So we are going to treat this with the treatment it so righteously deserves. Yes. You know what I say to that? Here's the intro. This is It Was a Thing on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the dregs of humanity. Episode 280, submission number 1408, Women in Prison. Women in Prison aired on Fox from October 11th, 1987 to February 20th, 1988 for 13 episodes. It's better than the version I did with the What a Country theme. Oh, no. I just love Mike's reaction to that. This is about immigrants? <laughs> this is about women in prison? Yes. And once again, Mike, this is a serious subject, as I mentioned in the beginning. This is about the prison system and the people that occupy it. And of course, Chico, as we learned from Orange is the New Black, women make up a good percentage of that prison system. Yes, they do. And let's just say, if you're a woman, the last place you want to be is the system. Because people will treat you differently. Seems like once you're in the prison system, the only place that will suit your needs, that will best suit your needs, is said prison system. Nowhere is this more evident than at cell block J of the Bass Women's Prison in Wisconsin, aka the new home of one Vicki Springer, sent there for a crime she didn't commit. Oh no! Oh yes. Oh... Vicki Springer was framed by her husband on charges of shoplifting, and as a result, she has to deal with her inmates. Eve Shipley, an old lady who's serving a bid for almost 10 years. Dawn Murphy, a bad-tempered lady who had murdered her husband. And Bonnie Harper, let's just say she was... um. She had a side hustle. Well, as you clearly saw from the opening of the show, when she gets caught, she's like, eh, I got caught, so I'm going to prison. Okay. Aside from the nature of the crimes that got them into the prison in the first place, I don't believe the actual nature of their crimes was ever addressed. It was just, here are four women sharing a jail cell. Yeah, comedy. 
hilarity ensues. It's like Eve Shipley was there serving the longest term, and Don Murphy was a convicted murderer. And aside from that, whatever. We don't even talk about Bonnie Harper, you know, doing something strange for a little piece of change. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just say it. She's a hooker. She's a hoe. She's a hoe. She's a who? Bonnie Harper is a hoe. She's a who? She's in jail for hoeing. Tool time for 200. This term for a long-handled gardening tool can also mean an immoral pleasure seeker. Ken. What's a hoe? No. <laughs> Whoa. 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 They teach you that in school in Utah, huh? Tool. Hoe. Back with double jeopardy in a moment. So wait, you're saying that Bonnie Harper might have been a candidate on the Godfather's Ho Train, Chico? Yep, yep. It's time once again for everybody to come aboard the The Godfather be pimping hoes. Man, I want you to roll a fatty for this pimp daddy. Light that blood up inside. Pimping ain't easy, Chico. It's hard out here for a pimp. But yeah, this was all the brainchild of Michael G. Boy and Ron Levitt who have been riding a wave of success in the 80s thanks to, among other things, Married with Children on this very network. Yeah, it would have just premiered earlier in the year in 87. So it's heading into its second season, Mike. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it would have started its second season at this point, yes. Yeah, and remember, Married with Children, one of Fox's first... Maybe one of Fox's only hits in nineteen eighty six, nineteen eighty seven. Well, twenty one Jump Street. Oh yeah, but it was no married with children. Well, and also Tracy Ullman would have been on in eighty seven. That's okay. true. It would have Her. been a good, solid hit for them, depending on what you call a hit for Fox in nineteen eighty seven. Remember, this is a network in its infancy. They'll take any modicum of success they can get. So Moy and Levitt teamed up with Catherine Green to create another sitcom for Fox about women in, hold on, let me see if I get this right, prison. Oh, women, oh, I get it. It's about women in prison. Yep. Because it's called women in prison. You see where we're going with this? I knew you could. Okay, so there are four prisoners are joined by a fifth prisoner. That's right. The fifth prisoner who was in jail for computer fraud. Yep. In fact, a rather interesting uh, bit in the opening where she's on her computer saying, you have so many millions of dollars and uh, you are under arrest yep and then she tries to cover it up with her hand looking straight to the camera like don't look at this like that's gonna solve anything that never solves anything. that will See, not make it if better she had a, if she had a vast antivirus with vpn then she wouldn't have this problem but that doesn't exist in 1987 the best thing she could do is get dustin's girlfriend from stranger things at this point Wait, was she looking for an Americano? Probably. Why do you think she needed all the millions of dollars? She wanted to buy all the American Nintendos. Americanos. Americanos. Whatever. That might be seriously the craziest thing I've ever heard. I know it's it's hard to believe, but it's true. It's all true. I dial into this computer and find a location, 
And at this location is the Nina Project? Exactly. And the Nina Project is the code name for a video game. Well, no, it's not just a video game. It's a video game console. It's basically America's answer to Nintendo. American Nintendo. That's a stupid name. You're right. It is a stupid name, but seriously, it's 16-bit. 16-bit? Why have I never heard of it? Because it's top secret. That's why we're doing this. Yeah, right. It's for, for the promotion. The first people to find the secret location receive a... Uh, American Nintendo? Uh, an American Nintendo. They couldn't have come up with something better, Chico, than that. They really could not. Because they didn't want to get sued. No, they mentioned Nintendo Plenty in Stranger Things Season 4. But the American Nintendo. Oh, yeah. Then they were like, oh, we got to think of something that's not a Nintendo. And we're not aware that the Sega Master System exists, so... And even if we were aware that it exists, come on, it's a Sega Master System. Who would want that? I would. I would. Who wouldn't want a copy of Pro Wrestling on the Sega Master System with the box that has a wrestler holding his own decapitated head in a headlock? That's actually a cover. You don't believe me? I'm just taking a look at it right now. Master System Pro Wrestling. And sure enough, he has his own decapitated head in a headlock. Right, right there. Look at that. I'm looking at I'm looking at it. And look, he's sweating. He's sweating from holding his own decapitated head. He's sweating and he has his tug out and everything. And it's like... Come on, man. Really? This is supposed to... This is pro wrestling. You saved that crap for MMA. Thank you very much. Not even Vince would think that this was good enough for an ankle. I bet you Fighter Hayabusa would kick this guy's ass. Or Fighter Star Hayabusa, of course, one of the playables on... Um... The NES Pro Wrestling. Mm -hmm. But, oh, Starman would totally kick that guy's ass. Tell you what, man, the Amazon, yo. The, the Amazon. Amazon, he would bite your face off. No, no, that's why he has his own head in the headlock. The he Amazon. ran into the Amazon. He ran into the Amazon. Okay, but let's go back into women in prison. Okay, so we have our five prisoners, but they're joined by two staffers of the base women's penitentiary in Wisconsin. And they are Clint Rafferty, who is sort of the secretary of the group, and Meg Bando, the hard-as-nails warden. So who are the faces of all of these women and one man? Well, playing the role of Vicki Springer, we have Julia Campbell. Remember, Vicki Springer is the... Uh, Uptight yuppie. Who's in prison for a crime she didn't commit. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you right now, she's been busy since her days in prison. She was in Tell Me a Story on Paramount Plus. She was in The Resident on Fox. She was in Austin and Alley on Disney. But she spent most of her time with a serial killer slash uh, medical examiner named Dexter. Oh, she was on Dexter. She was on Dexter. Okay, she was on Dexter. That's fantastic. Indeed it is. Oh, yeah. She also found herself on the other side of the law as Melody George on five episodes of Martial Law. Oh, Martial Law with mm -hmm. Sam Hung. And... Arsenio! <laughs> Our murderous abused wife, Dawn Murphy, is played by CCH Pounder, who you would recognize as Bertha from Robocop 3, 
Claudette wins on the shield and Moat on some some uh, little art house film made by a guy named James Cameron called Avatar. She is returning for the sequel later this year, by the way. Oh, fantastic. And the film after that. Oh, yeah, I and- keep forgetting it. James Cameron's going to be making four of these because he took 12 freaking years. He wasted 12 years on a sequel to Avatar, and we could have had a Blu-ray copy of The Abyss by now. We really could have. And True Lies. Come yep. on. Meanwhile, you know what he's... Yeah. Well, it could have been worse. He could have been doing Titanic 2. I wish he would have been doing Titanic 2. But yeah, we have... T- Titanic 2, Jack's back. You saw that trailer on YouTube. I, yeah, yes, I did. Admittedly, I did. So yeah, she's in uh, Avatar, Avatar The Way of Water. She's going to be in Avatar 4 and Avatar 5. Yes, he's making five Avatar movies, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't had the third one, and he's already making a fifth one. But she was also a regular on NCIS New Orleans, Warehouse 13, and Brothers. Not the Showtime Never Cover Brothers, but another show called Brothers. And CCH Powder and I have something in common. We both lost miserably on Jeopardy. Oh, good for you. <laughs> All right. Our, uh, our resident viewer, Bonnie Harper, is played by Antoinette Byron, who is known mostly for being Laura Fielding on E Street. I have no idea what that is. Oh, wait. She's an Aussie. Yeah, did you tell by the accent? Eh, it's been a while. She's been in several soap operas between the U.S. and Australia. She was on Home and Away. She was in E Street, Skirts, All My Children, and the late, great, departed and much missed Neighbors. All oh, neighbors. Everybody needs good. Na- Is that on the end of the year list? Oh, and shows that ended in 2022. Yeah, we probably. It, it has to be. Yeah. And actually, about neighbors, looks like she was on the first five episodes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, neighbors, I'll tell you what, that made Kylie Minogue's career. <laughs> it also made Natalie Imbruglia's career, if you think about it. It also made Chris Hemsworth's career. Seriously, half of Hollywood's career was made by neighbors. So when you see Chris Hemsworth in Thor Love and Thunder next month, just remember, neighbors made his career. And then the old timer prisoner, the one doing the longest bid in the joint, Eve Shipley, is played by Peggy Cass. And if you don't know who Peggy Cass is... You're either too young or you don't watch Buzzer. In either case, what's wrong with you? To tell the truth, guys. We talked about her in To Tell the Truth 1980. She was also on Match Game, among other shows during the 70s and 80s. She was in Mark Goodson's Rolodex. Oh, and one more notable role. She played... Agnes Gooch and Auntie Mame in 1958. What is that? Auntie you Mame? don't know what Auntie Mame is? Seriously, oh God. I'm going oh to leave oh the God. podcast. Oh don't God. make me leave. Oh God. What is it? Auntie Mame. Just one of only one of the greatest uh, musicals in early Hollywood made into Mame on Broadway. With Lucille Ball. Oh, okay. All you had to do was say with Lucille Ball, and I would have said, okay. Well, alrighty then. Okay, so that we're clear. And, of course, playing the role of Pam is everybody's favorite best friend, 
Wendy Joe Sperber. And if I may declare something. Yeah. I think legitimately you can call Wendy Joe Sperber Fox's go-to female when it comes to sitcoms in the yes. first five years or so. Oh, definitely. Between, mm-hmm. between Women in Prison, Babes, which I know is on the list. Oh, yeah. She made a couple of appearances on Parker Lewis Can't Lose, and she played Al Bundy's ex-girlfriend on a classic episode of Married with Children, where Al goes to her apartment to get his football from high school because he gave it to her as like a gift, and he wants the football back now. And the best moment of all is Wendy Jo Sperber's character wants to relive the good old days, the high school days, so she's going to throw Al the ball. So she's like, go deep. Go. And so they're in an apartment, mind you, so there's not much deep she can do. Go deep, go deep, go deep. And then she throws the ball, overthrows him a little bit. He stumbles out the window over the patio and, and falls to the ground. And she's just raising her arms. Touchdown, yeah! Guess I was just kind of remembering how you and I used to play catch with it at the park. Could I at least throw you one last pass just to remember the good times by? Well, sure, if it'll help take the edge off, you know, watching the big guy walk out of your life for the second time. <laughs> can you still lay it in there anywhere you want to? I sure can. Can you still catch it anywhere I lay it? I sure can. <laughs> All right, then. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> She was the go-to girl, uh, or go-to woman, I should say, of, of Fox sitcoms like the first five years there around the year. Yep. But let's not forget, since we've talked about this so many times, but let's just mention it one more time. We can't forget she was Morty McFly's sister, Linda, in Back to the Future. Indeed. We're always here for a good Back to the Future reference. Also, indeed. And, uh, Unfortunately, no longer with us. Lost her fight with breast cancer. But her legacy lives on in We Spark Cancer Support Center in Sherman Oaks. Free services, support groups, information on latest researches, aid to cancer patients, families, and friends. And then you have your two staffers, Assistant Warden Clint Rafferty, played by Blake Clark, I want to say he was sort of the lovable goofball because he kind of looks like the lovable goofball. Well, remember, guys. Yeah. Well, we've talked about him plenty of times in the yes. past. Of course we have. We uh, talked about the... him on After Mesh and the Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour. Yeah, and also he played the hardware store owner on Home Improvement. That's right, he was. Mm-hmm. And also, I think one role that we all forget that we really need to appreciate is he was Farmer Fran in The Water Boy. Yes, yes, he was. But nowadays, since we talked about Blake Clark the last time we talked about Blake Clark, he was on the United States of Al, which is another show I believe that got canceled this year. I don't. Yes, know. it got it got canceled. Yes. Oh. oh, that's a shame. And he was also on Smilf. I love Smilf. Smilf was a different TV show. I, I, I saw a couple of episodes of it. It was different. Wait, wait a minute. You guys love Smilf? I love Smilf. Oh, good heavens. No. What did we walk into, Greg? You know what? It's not as good as. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. no. D- don't say smunk or I'm going to just leave right now. Smilf is better than smunk. Because it made Tony Shalhoub's career. Hey, did you know that? Hey, Smilf had. I didn't even say what it was, you dumbasses. We're trying to prolong the inevitable, Greg. Okay, so. I don't love it as much as Wings. Oh, we know. <laughs> we That's know. your loss. Smilf was decent. Hey, Smilf had Samara Weaving. Oh, oh and, and, and I just learned what Smilf means. And, and it isn't what I thought it was. What does it stand for? Single mom is losing faith. Oh, oh okay. okay. I've... 
Hey, it smells yeah, on the Greg, yeah. Don't talk to me about that stuff. You thought what I was thinking. Well, it's not like GCB where it stands for what we think it is. It stands for good Christian. Okay. We know. We know. But hey, if Smoke isn't on the list, I think it should be. If only for a reason to, to if only for a reason to uh, talk about Samara weaving on this podcast. Uh, Mr. Smith's gonna kick my ass. Anyway. Now you made me want to watch her and Bill and Ted face the music again. <laughs> wait, wait, Bill and Ted were on face the music? No. <laughs> no, that was the title of the third <laughs> Bill and Ted movie, dumbass. I got it. Good, could you put it back, please? Bogus! That, 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 that's Axel F. It's Eddie Murphy! Yeah! Oh, I'm sorry. I would love to see Bill and Ted play Face the Music. And, and the final round, the, the returning champ, the like 4,000 time returning champion is Death. <laughs> Maybe this will be the one time Death will win a game against Bill and Ted. There you go. Of course. Best of seven? Damn right! Okay, and rounding out the cast is Warden Warden Meg Bando, played by somebody we talked about on this podcast before, Denny Dillon. Yeah, she of the 1980 season of Saturday Night Live. The less said about SNL 80, the better. Yeah. But you probably remember her more for her star turn on Dream On. That was a career-defining role, Dream On. Oh, by the way, did we mention that Brian Benben is going to be an eventual entry on this show? You could put him under Smilf. How about that? Wait, Brian Benben was on Smilf? No, he's not on Smilf. On the the big list I meant. I wish he was on Schmilf. A Schmilf? <laughs> oh, jeez. We're okay. So, okay. So, we talked about all of the castmates, but this show had a whole lot of people in a whole lot of uh, interesting situations. Want to talk about them? Okay. Episode one Vicky does prison. Vicky Springer is accused of trying to steal a diamond bracelet. Her hubby is a defense attorney, but he double-crosses her. He enters a guilty plea, then walks out of the courtroom arm-in-arm with his new girlfriend. Vicky is sent to prison to join the women in prison. The women don't wear regulation prison clothes, but their own clothes. Vicky dresses like an upper-class woman. Bonnie dresses like a hooker. A butch woman dresses like a man, etc. All the inmates have to work. There are many bad jobs like working in the kitchen or the laundry or cleaning the... Yeah. But Vicky immediately makes the other prisoners jealous by getting a coveted job. Are you looking for the coveted job? I am looking for the coveted job. The warden secretary. There you go. He was the warden secretary. It doesn't get any more coveted than that. Okay, well, there's a little bit more to that. Okay, go on. When the warden secretary uh, gets hit by bullets during her prison break attempt, Vicky gets that job immediately. But now, since the inmates think Vicky has some pull in the prison, some of them expect favors from her. Doing the favors could get her in trouble. Refusing to do them gets her death threats. It's a zany time when you have all these women in prison. Wait, favors? Yeah. What kind of favors? Do we want to know what kind of favors? Are they the same? Hold on. Well, no. What type of favors? You know, possibly front of the, the food line, better food. Cleaner sheets, maybe you know, sheets right out of the the dryer. Oh, I was thinking, I was thinking of the same type of favors that Bad News Brown accused Jack Tunney of Miss Elizabeth giving him. Sometimes my head is a little thick, and it finally dawned on me what's going on. 
It has nothing to do with Randy Macho Man Savage. It has nothing to do with him whatsoever. I finally figured out what it's all about. It's that Elizabeth, isn't it? It's that Elizabeth. She's doing favors for you, huh? Oh my goodness. Who do you think are? You need help. I thought you were talking about sexual favors, so that's... That's what I was talking about, you <laughs> dumbass! He was accusing Jack Tunney of Miss Elizabeth doing sexual favors for him! Okay, I'll just put this in right now. We're not talking about sexual favors. Oh, okay, not those favors. I just don't want to yell too loud the, the word sexual favors. I don't want my neighbors getting suspicious and wondering what the hell's going on over here. Just sexual favors. Hey, it's just three guys talking about sexual favors. Boy, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> he said it, not me. I just want to point it out. He did the boiling, not me. Do not blame me. Okay. Episode two, Goldfingers. Eve hopes she can join the prison's forestry detail when she finds out they'll be working where she has gold hidden. Uh-oh? No, no, uh-oh. That's, uh, that's about as far from uh-oh as you get. You get a cush job at a place where you hit a whole stack of gold. Yeah, but if they find it... Oh, uh-oh. That's where the, yeah, that's where the uh-oh comes into play. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I knew what I was talking about when I uh-oh'd. Uh, see? Okay, okay. Okay, I see you. I see you. Episode three. Hello, I must be going. Vicky's husband turns to bribery to try to secure her freedom. Meanwhile, Dawn finds she's earned the wrath of the nastiest prisoner in the joint. Her husband, of course, is Thomas Palloway, who is known for Soap, Simon and Simon, and as Texas Joe Grant in Young Guns. Hasn't done anything of import since. And the prisoner everybody's afraid of? Tammy. She's played by Holly Coburn. She was in one episode of Boys Will Be Boys, which we covered, God, a long time ago. Why didn't St. Peter stop her from going to prison? I don't know, Greg. She had his hands full with Matthew Perry. I don't know. That makes, you know what? That makes sense. He didn't stop him from that drunk driving incident on Growing Pains. Episode four, Nell's Bells. The assistant warden won't allow Vicky to memorialize Dawn's cousin. Aww. Of course, we don't see Dawn's cousin because Dawn's cousin, who I imagine is named Nell, is very much dead. Not murdered like her husband, just dead. But hey, we did get to see them play a game of Monopoly. That is true. Because that's what you do when you're in the joint and you have nothing better to do with your time. Right? One, yeah, one wrong roll and then now you're in jail. Episode five. Walk this way. Pam has a plan to escape the prison, but Vicky is hesitant to lend her support. See, Pam is the genius and she has a plan to escape prison. She was a real genius. She'd stare ass right there because she knows that she's going to get caught if she tries anything. Hey, right? Well, yeah. Hey, we don't have any big guests on this episode, but the director of this episode, Dick Martin. Yep, Dick Martin did direct this episode. And I must correct you, we do have one known entity on this episode. Playing the role of Patty is, she would be credited as Penny Johnson in this episode, but she's Penny Johnson Gerald from 24 and the Ortho. Yes. Oh, and Deep Space Nine. Don't forget she was on Deep Space Nine. She was also on Deep Space Nine there. But, but, but yeah. yeah, Penny Johnson Gerald, legend. 
legendary. Wait, 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 wait. We said 24 and we didn't talk about that bastard Charles Logan? No, Sherry Palmer was bigger than that bastard Charles Logan. She didn't break some guy's kneecaps on a game show in 1979. No. But the things she knew about Charles Logan could literally get her killed. And probably him killed. We all know she was just as manipulative as Charles Logan on 24. Let's not kid ourselves. Let's not kid ourselves. Sherry Palmer would probably kill you if she could. Oh, almost certainly. But yeah, she spent three seasons playing Sherry Palmer, the eventual first lady of the United States. And then nowadays she is on the Orville as Dr. Claire Finn. Of course, the uh, season three just dropped on Hulu last week. I still have to watch it. You still have to watch it. I still have to watch it. Yes, sir, you do. I still have to finish the last episode of the first half of Stranger Things season four, so. You have a lot of TV to stream, don't you? Well, I have to juggle this, the podcast, and all my summer baseball stuff. Oh. Yeah, the life of a life is no life. What can I say? Mm. Adulting sucks. Episode six. Skirts on ice. On ice. Prisoners take well to Vicky's claim that the new heater she's been campaigning for will soon arrive. So yes, it's cold in prison. And that invites the ire of prisoners named Burl and Styx. And Styx is played by Spice Williams Crosby, who played Vixus in Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, and was also a stunt woman alongside Mark Hamill in the 1991 adaptation of Yoshiki Takaya's The Giver. Oh, The Giver! Oh, I remember that. That was something. That made Jimmy Walker's career, if you ask me. I thought those ads that you see on freaking television, whatever the hell it is he's plugging, made his career. The the, the Medicare things, yeah. Oh. Where you can get money by, by, without getting government help. Don't forget to call for your money. Medicare Part C plans with extra benefits like getting money and the benefit that adds money. God, I hate those ads. <laughs> She also did a bunch of stunts on previous entry, The Master. So there's something. Oh my god, The Master. Don't make me remind myself about Timothy Van Patten on The Master. I don't want to be reminded of that. Just remember, our listeners voted The Master over. Here's Boomer. The three people that voted for The Master. I blame you. I blame you all. We could have talked about here's Boomer last November. No. You wanted to hear us talk about Timmy V. Van Patten's horrible acting. Yeah. (laughs) Episode 7. The whole story. Five days in solitary confinement leads to Vicky experiencing hallucinations. So, yep. Vicky is experiencing one of the uh, big things in prison life. Five days in the hole. Yeah, look who we have playing himself in this episode. I see who we have playing himself on this episode. A legend. In every sense of the word. In many, many, many senses, yes. Little Richard. Tutti frutti, oh Luna. Tutti frutti, oh Luna. Womp bop, woop bop, womp bam, boom. And now here's our performance of Piano Riff. Here's Little Richard with Piano Riff Woo. And also on this episode, Michael Corbett as a prince. You would know him as the voice of Oracula on Skeleton Warriors, and from an episode of Beyond Belief. 
he played Edward the Kettor in They Towed My Car. I wonder what kind of wacky situation occurred in that segment that had to make us determine whether it was fact or fiction and what weird sayings Jonathan Frank said after the segment. I have absolutely no idea. He would also be doing The Young of the Restless or Search for Tomorrow or one of your mom's stories. And that landed him plush gigs on The Pyramid, The Hollywood Squares, Win, Lose, or Draw, and Go. Go. Previous entry Go back in episode 72. So we have a prince and little Richard. Episode 8. Benny, Vitty, Vicky. Vicky wonders if her looks are fading when a new male guard with a Don Juan reputation seems uninterested in her. Uh-oh. 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 The guard is played by D. David Morin, who isn't really known so much for acting nowadays. Actually, his last uh, credit it seems, was in 2020 in as Principal Mark in The Kissing Booth 2. I hope it answers all the unanswered questions from The Kissing <laughs> Booth 1. <laughs> D- D- Greg, don't ruin it. I haven't seen The Kissing Booth 1 yet. Bro, spoilers! <laughs> what is the plot of The Kissing Booth 2? I want to know what the plot I want to know. I, you know what? I want to know what the plot of The Kissing Booth 2 is. <laughs> In this sequel to 2018's The Kissing Booth, high school senior Elle juggles a long-distance relationship with her dreamy boyfriend Noah, college applications, and a new friendship with a handsome classmate that could change everything. Uh, and Joey King's in it. Joey King is in this! Now, Greg, and Chico for that matter, I think both of you have Netflix. This looks like it's a Netflix movie. Yes! Yeah. Oh my god! You know who's in this movie, too? Who's in this? Molly Ringwald? Yes! Molly Ringwald's in this movie! <laughs> hey, Yo, we'll man, be we talking... We gotta watch this Kissing Booth 2 here. We gotta see the Kissing Booth 1 first! Oh, of course! But hold on, we will be talking about Molly Ringwald later this year. Hey guys, you do realize... That there was a sequel to this. There's a Kissing Booth 3. What? <laughs> Are you? Shut uh, up. Released in 2021. I'm dead serious. The Kissing Booth 3? Yes. Oh, who's in the Kissing Booth 3? I gotta see uh, Molly Ringwald still. Oh, Molly but, Ringwald's back. Yeah, but th- that's about it. Oh, that's a shame. I want to see who else they should add. More. I didn't even know this was like a trilogy. Oh, yeah, it's a trilogy. The end of an era, the beginning of everything else. The end of an era? I didn't even realize this was an era. <laughs> hey, uh, it's, oh, it's based on a YA book. That explains Oh, that explains it. Oh, that, that, that goes back to Greg's YA comment from last week. Yeah, you can make any YA book and they'll make like three or four movies about it. If it's a book series, I'll make like three to four movies about it. Except for Vampire Academy, because the first movie flopped, and they were like, nah, we're not going to do a bunch of other movies. I'm sorry, Zoe Deutsch. You're on to bigger and better things now. It can only get better from here. Episode 9. Prisoners of Love. Ooh. Oh, hold on a second. You know who wrote this episode? John Schwartzwalter, along yeah. with The Simpsons. Yes! Comedy legend and, John Schwartzwalter. And we talked about him in uh, SNL 86, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he was a writer that season. But he also wrote one of the greatest episodes ever of The Simpsons. The Whacking Day episode. Oh, that is classic. The Whacking Day episode. Yeah, so it's classic. a great episode. And he also wrote Bart's comment, one of the great episodes, I'm Big Butt Skinner. That is also a classic episode. Congratulations, Bart. You just discovered a comment. No! No! 
Prez says schools for losers. No. So written by a legend, and a legend would appear on this episode playing the husband of the other legend. Eve's husband smuggles himself into Bass Women's Prison to celebrate the 30th anniversary. Playing the role of Eve's husband, Arlen Dean Snyder, known for Heartbreak Ridge, a season of Dallas as George Hicks, and a role as Ray Don Simpson on two seasons of Designing Women. Oh yeah, and he's also Dr. Charles Sternhauser in Trauma Center. Future installment Trauma Center, which is another entry that has Lou Ferrigno in it. And we will be talking about something Arlen Dean Snyder was in later this year. Oh! Yes, he was in the pilot of... You know what? I'm going to hold on to it. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Is it something that's coming up relatively soon? No, it's uh, later this year. Oh. It's it's our traditional look at something that aired out of the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. Now you get it. I didn't want to be very loud. Boo, boo. No, not you, Lily. Episode 10. 52 pickup. A lucky streak at poker leads to Don and Vicky's gambling addiction. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, this is just one of those wacky hilarity ensues episodes because not really much of the way of storyline or guest stars. There's one guest star and it's somebody who around this moment would be in two episodes of The New Gidget. You know, that's one thing I noticed about this show is there are not a lot of guest stars. No, it's just these women in prison. And Blake Clark and, and Denny Dillon. Mm-hmm. Episode 11, One Hero with Relish. Meg steals Vicky's thunder by falsely claiming that she was the one to use CPR to save assistant warden Rapperty. Another Hilarity Ensues episode, a.k.a. this is where we all know that the show is on its last legs and it's starting to get all tropey. There really is no overreaching mythos to any of this. Nothing gets resolved. Nothing gets... No characters are, you know, made in depth. We're just going through the motions right now. Episode 12, I do, I don't. A marriage proposal from a former John sees Bonnie imagining being a housewife instead of a prostitute. Gregory Worcester was the former John in question and no longer with us, died in 2015. But wasn't in anything important anyway, so, you know. But it just just goes to show you everything returns to the mean which goes to show you that you really can't turn a hoe into a housewife and the final episode the triangle when vicky pleads with the assistant warden to be nicer to a heartbroken meg the following morning it seems he may have gone beyond simple kindness how beyond nobody knows because Nobody's saying anything. And that's the show. I mean, there's not much to it. It was a show on Fox made by two incredible writers, and it didn't really go anywhere after a bit. Well, after seeing some of the show, it falls under a a, a kind of a trope of Fox sitcoms back then. And even Married with Children is guilty of it to an extent. A, at points it was just not funny, and B, to try and make it sound funny, they overused the laugh track. They put so much fake laughter in there to make it appear like it was funny, but it just wasn't. And I've seen that on a lot of Fox shows from that time. Again, talking about some married with children, even though that really, truly was 
a very funny show. Um, I've seen it on, again, talking about babes, which we're going to talk about somewhere down the line, I'm sure. Uh, a number of other sitcoms, it was just like sort of forced comedy. And I don't know, the forced comedy just doesn't do anything for me. I totally get where you're coming from with that. Yeah. I mean, it's I like mean, they tried, but it's like, don't sweeten it when it doesn't need sweetening or where sweetening is not necessarily appropriate or needed. Just my opinion, my two cents. I get you. I get you. Should we even talk about ratings and schedules and all that stuff? Well, I've got the ratings right here. When it started out, it was airing right outside of Married with Children. Well, now, hold on, hold on. I'm I'm, going to stop you there. Okay. Because that was for only the first episode. Yeah. So so I'm going to assume that was like a preview. Okay, if you like the show, we're going to air it on our regular time slot, which is Saturdays at 8.30. And really, of all the times they could have shown a preview episode or the first episode, the competition, even for Fox, this is like absolutely horrible. Nobody's going to watch women in prison when you have these three things up against it we'll do the, the biggest and we'll, we'll work our way down no we'll work our way up uh, from from maybe worst to, to best spencer for hire on abc second half hour decent running show so a solid performer for abc then nbc game four of the alcs Oh, God. The, the Minnesota Twins versus the Detroit Tigers. It didn't even go up against Jeffrey Leonard in one lap down. No, it had to go up against Kirby Puckett and Jack Morris. Yeah, but, but, but still, I mean, that was a, a heck of a team. One of the great teams, I think, is the 87 Twins. Uh, even though also, they won like 87 games. Well, but I mean, just my opinion. How can you not like the types of Kent Herbeck and Gary Gaetti oh, and, and, and Dan, Kirby Puckett, obviously. Don Baylor. Yeah. How can you not like those folks? R.I.P. Don Baylor. And, we miss you. And, and Frank Viola and Jack Morris, like you said. Hey, well, no, Jack Morris was on the Tigers in 87. Well, he still participated. But in yeah, 91. He was, the, he was but, with the Twins in 91, famously. Yeah. But let's not forget Frank Viola, a St. John's player. Yep. By the way, yeah. I I think there's like a legendary like pitching duel he had in college against Yale where he went like I think like 12 13 innings or something. And do you know who was pitching against at Yale in that game? I've heard this. I I, I don't remember the name, but I've heard this story before. He was pitching against Ron Darling. Oh, oh. that's great. So, yeah, the future Mets teammates went against each other in college in an epic pitching matchup. Oh, and uh, I didn't even give you the, the, the worst competition on CBS, 830, the second half hour of Murder, She Wrote. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that'll do it. So, so you've got bad, badder, and baddest. There's yep. no way anybody's watching your show that night at 830. And when they moved it to Saturdays, 13 days later, well, it went up against one heavy hitter, but oh my God, what a heavy hitter it was. The first Saturday was Everything's Relative, uh, the second half of a special all-star gala at Ford's Theater. Uh, uh, no, it was against the second half hour of O'Hara. Okay, but the big one on NBC at eight thirty on Saturday, two two seven. Yeah, yeah. By the way, do you know who was on Everything's Relative? Who was on Everything's Relative? Jason Alexander. This was before the uh, Burger commercial that made his career. No, this was after he did the big DLT commercial. Okay, this was eighty seven. The big DLT commercial is like 85, 86. So fresh off the McDLT commercial. So later on that season, it stayed in the Saturday at 8.30 time slot. 
this is just like bad luck wherever it goes. I, I told you about that killer lineup that first night, that Sunday, and then it goes against 227 on uh, NBC. February of 1988. What's it going up against on ABC? The Winter Olympics. Oh. Oh. It can't get a break. But also, I will add, its original lead-in, besides the one time with Married with Children on that Sunday, was Mr. President. Oh, my God. But, but, but again, a little bit later, I'm looking at February of 1988. What was before Women in Prison? Boys will be boys. Ser- okay, now, seriously, we've covered three quarters of the lineup. We've got to do the fourth part. We've got to complete the Saturday night of February 1988 on Fox. What is we- it? Okay, we did Boys Will Be Boys, Second Chance, Women in Prison, obviously, Beans Baxter, at least on this night at 9.30, Mr. President. We've got to talk about George C. Scott as the president, darn it. And Conrad Bain was on this. Conrad Bain was indeed on this. And wasn't this a Johnny Carson joint? Yes, it is. And Ed Weinberger, yeah. Oh, Ed Weinberger from Mr. Smith. No. Why did Johnny Carson produce this? He needed the money. He wanted to give a giant FU to NBC before he left. I don't know. Well, I, I think he I, gave NBC a number of FUs, but who knows? But yeah, we're, we're a Mr. President away from doing an entire Saturday night on Fox in 1988. Just dangling that carrot out there. Dangle, dangle, dangle. 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 Okay. But then after we get out of the Olympics uh, in March of uh, 88, Again, 227. And now on ABC, we have Dolly. Do you remember oh. when she tried having her own hour-long show? That, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember I, that. I remember uh, those. Yeah, yeah. Enough said there. But the numbers, oh my gosh, the ratings numbers I'm talking about. I don't even know if I want to talk about this. This is really bad. Well, let's just say it aired out of Married with Children for the first episode and got a really good rating there. The rest of the run wasn't even close. Oh, I'm going to share with you, this is from right around Christmas of 87. This is bad. 76 shows there that week. I I can't believe I'm saying this with a straight face. It finished 75th. But... Remember what I just said literally three minutes ago about the Saturday Night lineup on Fox? Uh-huh. Let me take a good guess as to what was dead last, okay? Go for it. Was it Boys Will Be Boys? No, it was not. Oh. No. So the bottom four are 73 through 76. I said 75 is women in prison. Uh-huh. 73 is Mr. President. Oh, 70, God. 74 is Second Chance. And 76 is the new Adventures of Bean Baxter. The entire Fox lineup is the bottom four of that week. Oh my gosh. Well, since I mean, Beans I know that's typical Fox. Yep. <laughs> I know it's oh typical Fox. Oh my God. Well, well, guys, considering Beans Baxter was dead last, and um, you know that uh, Jonathan Ward was in. Uh, the new adventures of beans baxter yeah you know what we have to play what are we playing greg oh no <laughs> oh no <laughs> fake special effects are fake <laughs> hey Chico do you remember when Hall Rudd was plugging that 
Netflix series where he had a clone of himself and he was plugging it on Conan and when he played the Mac and me clip it was yeah. two Macs in the same scene why yes yes I do that was terrific could you imagine two Macs making that same face oh boy I, I can't do it I don't ha- I don't have the facial features for it. But yeah, taking a look at other ratings really fast. Just about every week some combination of the four Fox Saturday night shows was in the bottom 5. And the fifth eh, sometimes it was like duet, sometimes it was the Tracy Ellman show, but never did you have any variance. The bottom uh, 5 always consisted of Mr. President, Second Chance slash Boys Will Be Boys, Women in Prison, and The New Adventures of Beans Baxter. Fox was just not meant to program for Saturday night, were they? Well, give it two years. Give it two years. Give it two years? Okay. When, when they find this little show about police officers on duty, it'll be a big hit. And when they get John Walsh under, you know, not really great circumstances, and he hosts America's Most Wanted, It'll be on forever. Or almost forever. True. So g- give it two short years. Let it go through some growing pains. Let it go through uh, Family Double Dare. And, the that, almost had, and that almost had a, a second season, by the way. Oh, the Fox yeah. Fox Family Double Dare had a second season? Fox almost? Family, yeah. Fox's Family Double Dare, yeah. Oh. It almost had a second season, but uh, people on Fox um, actually... The, the stories are, let's just say the stories are out there and they're not very pretty. Nothing no. that has to do with the production, nothing that has to do with Mark Summers or anybody that worked on the show. But if I could be completely honest, y'all contestants need to know how to act. I'll tell you right now, uh, me and the lady I was dating at the time uh, in uh, 2018, 2019, we were in the um, first shows of Double Dare Live. The first shows of Double Dare Live were in Fayetteville, and um, there were a couple of adults who took it way too seriously. Oh. Yeah. yeah I get it. I get it. Yeah. yeah, so this is sort of dead in the water between Fox and Saturday Night and really bad shows around it. And it probably didn't help it was going up against 227. And its premiere was going up against not just Murder, She Wrote, but also the ALCS. Not really surprised this lasted 13 weeks. But hey, you know what it did give us? It gave us a thing on TV with a really good theme song. Oh, yes. That was a banger. The greatest theme song, I think, of all time. I don't think I'd argue that. I can't argue that. It paints a beautiful picture. It tells you the premise of the show. It's very expository. Can someone not make a better lyric than whenever girls make dates, you make license plates? No one can make a lyric as great as that. That is the perfect lyric right there. But yeah, it's not streaming anywhere. Crackle doesn't have any more uh, you could probably see a couple of episodes on YouTube of various quality. But let's be honest, this is never getting a complete series DVD set. Sorry. No. And there is no shared married with children and women in prison universe. And Fox and Sony Pictures Television are way past the point where they just decided to cut their losses and move on. But hey, Peggy Cass is the old lady. Can't beat that sort of casting with the stick. Okay, it looks like we've uh, just about served our time talking about this show, so nothing left to do but plug all of the episodes we have on It Was a Thing on TV.com. We're talking about at least 350 episodes of content from main episodes to mini-sodes, live shows, special event shows, and of course, our YouTube link where if you go there, make sure you like, 
subscribe, hit the notification bell. We have everything waiting for you. And of course, following us on all social media has become so much easier nowadays because all you have to do is go to our website, linktr.ee slash it was a thing on TV. And it will take you to everything. And it might even take you to everything we have coming down the pike next week. For example... Okay, Mike, I'm blaming you for the first entry next week because you mentioned this when we were covering Misfits of Science. When we were researching the ratings for this show, you brought up this show. So I'm blaming you for this show next week. You know, Greg, that's fine. I'll take full blame for the second show. Yes. Uh, Well, this was the other nominee we had in last year's uh, election day voting competition. I got to say, though, we should have had Here's Boomer in that slot instead of the master. And instead of this. Now, I'm going to make the case next week for this. I see what you did there. No, that was not intended. But I'm going to state my case as to why you guys should have picked this back in November. Okay, well, those will be our subjects on the next two episodes of It Was a Thing on TV. Thanks for listening. Please be kind to each other, and we'll see you next Monday. Woo! Bobby Boucher on the beat, quite a bit of wrong, but you're a famous young Bobby Boucher, I am.